I'd like to welcome y'all here this morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 104, Rescue the Perishing.
the chorus of that song, rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. True words could not be any truer. And what he is asking and what Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ has done and will do for all of us, all who seek him, rescue the perishing. That's what that blood will do for us. And it will care for those who are dying spiritually. It will lift them up and quicken them, make them alive spiritually. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. And let's keep that in mind and let's keep that first and foremost as we go through today and as we go through every day that Jesus will save. That's why he came here to the earth. He said, I did not come here to condemn you. He said, I came here to save you because we were already condemned, we were already lost. But he overcame the world. He overcame all things for you and for me. And by him doing that, we can overcome. So let's put our faith and trust in him this morning. And remember, you know, today is a special day throughout our country where we honor the mothers. And that is a great honor to be a mother. If the Lord has blessed you in that manner, that is a great honor. And is a way that you can then live and the way he would have you to live and to bring up those children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, just as others have done as is recorded throughout this word here, throughout this book of how the mother should live and what she should do. And let's be seeking that way, not the way of man. And we see way too often in our time here upon the earth that mothers do not want to care for their children. They don't want to be a mother. And in many instances, that child is put to death. That child is killed before it's ever born here upon the earth. And then even after that, there's so many cases throughout the land today to where that the mothers do not take care of the children. They are too interested in the things of this world and the lust of, the, of entertaining their own body and their own mind instead of taking care of the child. We have all been born, the ones you hear today when I look around and I see you here, you've had such a wonderful opportunity. Most of you have had parents that took care of you, a loving mother, that would see to it that you had food to eat, a place to live, a father to help to support all those things, the mother to teach you how you should live your life. These are things that we should not take for granted, but to praise the Lord that he has given us that and let's use it to his honor and to his glory. 
And in any way that we can help others to be able to live that life and to be able to train them, to bring them up, to help them to know more about Jesus Christ and what He has done here upon the earth and what He will continue to do till He comes back. So let's keep these things in mind. And you mothers here today, I applaud you. And I look upon you as someone that is the anchor of the home in a lot of cases there. And let's continue to do that, continue to be that anchor, working with the Father. He is the head of the home. And Christ, God is the head over Christ. And the mother and the father should work together. The father taking the oversight of the family. These are the things that is written in his word, in his book, of how he wants a family to operate. And then his family here upon the earth, being a part of that true church of Christ, that spiritual church of Christ, that God the Father is over all, and then Jesus Christ, and then the Father here upon the earth, and the mother and the children, all working in accordance with how He has laid out His laws here today and how He wants us to, to live our life. And I believe we'll read some this morning. Begin with in a few places there. I want to read some in Proverbs to begin with. This is the 31st proverb. We'll read some of that and may read just through it just to hear and to listen to the wonderful words of what he is saying here about the mother. Let's start reading here. We'll start there at the 10th verse of the 31st chapter of Proverbs. He says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. And this is the thing that I want us to all to just stop and to think about here. You young girls, you young mothers, you older mothers, whatever it might be, to live a virtuous and a righteous life. And the only way that you can do that is putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ of having that new spirit within you that you will be unable to be able to do these things. And she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life to live in accordance, to live together with their husband. In unity, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh diligently with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She raiseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. And we can think back if we just look and see how mothers will get up at all times throughout the night to take care of their children if it's necessary. 
and maybe to do other things, just as it said there, it raises while it is night and giveth meat into her household. And I know that we have seen these things in our life of how the mothers would get up early in the morning, maybe before daylight even, to do things so that her family could have nourishment to start out the day and to go on through that day. These are things here, and, and the writer was writing about it thousands of years ago that this was good and acceptable in the sight of God. This is what he was looking for. And we can see these things today in a virtuous and a good mother. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth forth her food from afar. She raiseth also, riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the staff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she, she reacheth forth her hand to the needy. All of these things, just think about, is this in our lives today? Is this how I am living my life? There is so much goes on throughout the world today that it says that I am not supposed to just do these things that the woman says. I am supposed to go out and to be equal with the man and to be able to go out and live in the world and do things and someone else take care of these necessities for me. Be careful that we don't let that kind of thing, the, the mind of the Lord, the mind of the world, come in and take place instead of living and taking and doing our job as whatever the Lord has put us into today. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Again, just taking care of her household and seeing that the children are taken care of in every situation. She maketh herself coverings of tasty. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he setteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it. She delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Go back up there. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Remember these things. Strength and honor are in her because she's following the way of the Lord. She opened her mouth in wisdom, letting the wisdom of the Lord speak. And her tongue is the law of kindness. 
She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and called her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. And that's, the, again, the way the family should operate. The wife, the mother, just living and taking care of the family in the way that God has laid it out for her to do. The children then being able to see these things and rise up and call her blessed and realize that what she is doing for them and her husband also looking upon her as the weaker part but taking care of her and seeing all the wonderful things that she is doing in the home and praising her, not casting her down, not being one there that is high and is quick to cast her off, but to help her, to praise her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman that feareth the Lord she shall be praised listen to that carefully listen carefully what are we putting our faith and trust is favor is deceitful and I believe he's talking about there favor with the world and beauty is vain trying to do things here to bring attention to the body by trying to make it more and more beautiful by the things of this world. He says that kind of beauty, that outward of beauty, trying to do things to make that more acceptable, he says that is vain. It is vanity, he says. But a woman that feareth the Lord and hears His Word and follows His Word and does the things that He has commanded us to how we should live here upon the earth, she shall be praised, praised of, of the man, praised of her husband, praised of God, as she is walking worthy of honor from Him, and honor from mankind here. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. These are things, mothers, that we ought to all take heed to and listen to and see how we are coming up to the line today. Mothers, grandmothers, young girls, young ladies, young men, young husbands, grandfathers. All of these things, let's listen carefully to how he has had these things laid out for us and what we should do, how we should live our life here upon the earth. I want to read a little bit more about a few other mothers here that was here upon the earth and played great roles in some of the things that took place here upon the earth. Now let's turn to the book of Ruth. And we'll just read a few verses, a few different places there maybe. But in that first chapter, we won't start there in the beginning, but what took place there, this man and his wife and his two sons, Elimelech and Naomi, his wife, 
and their two sons. There was a great famine in the land there, and they decided to go off into another country. And they went there. And while they were there, it was not long that the man died. Her two sons took wives there of the Mobilites. And it was not long that both of them died. And here was Naomi left there in a foreign land with two foreign wives or daughter-in-laws. But there are some of the things that took place there that I'd like for you to read. And after that, let's look here about the 16th verse there of that first chapter. Well, let's read a few verses before that. Starting at the 10th verse. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee. She had decided she was going to return, and she was telling her daughter-in-laws to just stay and to go back to their families there, and she'd go back. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? And there yet any more sons in my womb, and that they may be your husbands. Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, and if I should have a husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would you tarry with them till they were grown? Would you stay for them while from having husbands? Nay, my daughters. For it grieved me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and they wept again. And Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. Ruth had seen something in this world, mother. She had seen something, I believe, of the Jewish background that she had there. And she did not want to leave. She claved to her mother-in-law. She said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and to her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Now listen carefully to what this lady, this young girl that had lost her husband had said. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, nor to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried, the Lord do so to me and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she was steadfast minded to go with her, she left speaking unto her. Look at the mind that she had there. I believe that Ruth could see that this woman knew something about God or the people there. And we have seen there's a song that these words are that is sung, used to be sung a lot at weddings. And it has these very words in it. It's always, it has been on my mind throughout my life, that song, throughout my adult life, the things that it says. 
And it says there what he says, what she said. And whether thou goest, I will go. And whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall by might be my people, and thy God my God. That's some beautiful words to me. And that is what we need to be keeping in our mind of how we should live our life and walking this way with Jesus Christ. And if we will do this way, if, if a marriage starts out with that mind and they keep that throughout life, that mother and that father, there will be a good life. There will be a good family. The children will be brought up right. Whither thou goest, I will go. And whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Whether thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried, and the Lord do so to me, and more so, if aught but death part me and thee. And that is what it should be in a family today. That till death do we part. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass as they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them and they said, It is Naomi. And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, but Mara. For the might for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. And why then call me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley season. And you can go on and you can read through there, and it is a beautiful story. If you've never read it, read it. There's a beautiful story about what takes place, of how this young lady there, Ruth, had come back to serve with her mother-in-law and to serve the God of her mother-in-law. She didn't go back as her sister-in-law to serve the gods of her people, as it said. She had learned about a new God and she wanted to proceed in that matter. And she came there. And then, as God would have it to be, she was found by a godly man. And let's read on and let's see a little about what took place there in the fourth chapter. And he went and he did, Boaz was his name. And he went and he did according to the law in that day that they might redeem the property of Naomi. 
And Ruth was the one that came along with that. When he redeemed those things, he was able then to take her as his wife. And starting there at the 11th verse, 4th chapter, And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witness. The Lord make the woman that is coming to thy house like Rachel and like Leah, which too built the house of Israel, and do thou worthily in Ephrathah, and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be likened to the house of Pharis, whom Tamar bore, bare unto Judah of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. All of these things, the power and the work of the Lord just working and coming on through, and let's read on and see how this consummated and what took place in this marriage here with Ruth and Boaz. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom, and became nurse unto it. And the woman, her na- and the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, "There is a name born. There is a son born to Naomi." And they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. The lineage of David, starting out in this way. And seeing how God has taken care of that. And the lineage of David came Jesus Christ through that same lineage there. Now these are the generations of Pharisees and Pharisees. Became Hezron. And Hezron begat Ram. And Ram begat Amenadab. And Amenadab begat Nashon. And Nashon begat Solomon. And Solomon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. And we all know what a servant David was. Jesus Christ said he was a man after his own heart. He wrote many of the Psalms that we read occasionally. And we can see how this man was a righteous man. He made a lot of mistakes. Some very bad mistakes. But he was able to get forgiveness for those things. And he went on. And I believe, I know, he saw victory with God. And there are other things here, other women that played a great part also in God's work here upon the earth and Right in the next book there, Samuel. Let's read some of 
there about some of the things there that took place in that first chapter there of Samuel. And how there was a woman there that how she had, was praying and how God was working with her and brought forth a man that was a mighty prophet here upon the earth. Let's read some here. We'll start. We'll just start there. Let's start there at the fourth chapter, fourth verse, first verse, first chapter. And when the time that Elkanah offered, he gave to Benaiah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, sore for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? Now here was this young woman. She was desiring a child. She wanted to be a mother. But the Lord had shut her womb. She was not producing children. Her husband had two wives. The other one had children. And it was very grievous to this young lady. And in those times it was looked upon if you did not bring forth children that something was bad wrong with you spiritually as way a lot of people, they looked upon it in that day. And she was weeping there. And she, did, she was very depressed about it. And her husband tried to cheer her up and just giving her more and more of the things of this world that might help her. So Hannah rose up early, and there they were there. They had come there to offer the yearly sacrifice there. And Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed among the, and to the Lord, and wept sore. Look what she was doing. She had knew she had a desire here. But what was she doing? She was going to the Lord. She went to God. And that is what, if we have a desire for something here upon the world, if we feel like that something is wrong in our life, Let's take it to the right and the proper place. Let's don't run to man or whatever. Let's run to Jesus Christ in our day. Let's go to God the Father through Jesus Christ, just as what she was doing. She arose 
And when they had eaten, now Eli the priest sat at the seat by a post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, Lord, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of my handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now here was this woman in great distress, praying there in the temple there, praying there, and Eli the prophet was there and he could see her. And she spake, and she was just, her lips were moving. She was speaking to herself. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. He looked upon her. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful heart. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count thou, count not thy handmaid for thy daughter of Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken thereto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy position that thou hast asked him. He thought she was drunk because she was just there speaking to herself or doing something. But she says, no, that is not the case of all. I am pouring out my heart to God. And Eli, the prophet then, said, go in peace. The God of Israel grant thy petition that thou hast asked him. And I know today that the God of, of all of mankind and Jesus Christ, if we will flee to Him and ask Him our petitions, He will grant those. He says, ask and you shall receive. All that is my Father's will, you shall receive. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And what does the Lord promise to us today? When we come to Him and when He gives us that new comforter, He says, I will give you joy and peace and happiness here in this life. That's what He has promised to her. She went away the the man of God in that day, the prophet there that was there, Eli, he says, go, thy, go in peace. The God of Israel grant thee thy petition that, she, that you have asked Him. And she believed. Let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. And she went away no more sad. She believed that these things would be taken care of and that they would. And I believe today that if we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart, if we ask Jesus Christ to take away our sins, 
If we ask Him to give us peace, give us spiritual life, I know that He will give us that. And then we can know Him and we can be a part of His kingdom here upon the earth today. And they arose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to the house of Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore, it came to pass when the time was, was come about after Hannah had conceived and that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice in his vow. Now, God had performed what she had asked there. That God had given to her that son. She said, if you'll give me that son, I will give him back to you. That he can then live and work in your work for the rest of his life. That took a lot of courage with this mother. And when that child was born, I want you to listen and see what she did and how she followed on through with the vow that she had made that she would give him that child back. And they went up each year to sacrifice but Hannah went not up. And she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah said unto her, and Elkanah her husband said unto her, do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave him her son suck until they, she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him with her with three bullocks and one elf of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh and the young and the child was young. And they slew the bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord, as long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. And this next chapter here, there's some, I want you to listen to what this mother had to say. She followed through with her vow. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged forever. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. And we can rejoice in the salvation and our heart can be over our enemies. Our life can be over the enemy of Satan. 
if we'll just do as she prayed to the Lord. And now here she was praying to Him and giving Him all the honor and the glory for what He had done for her by giving her that son. And now she was giving Him, she said, lending Him back to Him all the days of His life to be able to work in the house of the Lord. There is none holy as the Lord, holy as the Lord. For there is none beside Thee, neither is there any rock like our God. And is that in our lives today, mothers and fathers, that we understand that there is none as holy as God, none as holy as Jesus Christ. And there is nothing in this world that can compare to what they are. They are the rock of our salvation. Talk no more so exceedingly proud. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. And that should be in our life today. Talk no more so exceedingly proudly. Get the pride of the life out of ourselves. Let not arrogancy come out of our mouth. Never. But let the love and charity be in that. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, is what David wrote. And we ought to have today. The vows, the bows of the mighty are broken, and they that stumble are girded with strength. And we can be girded with strength today through Jesus Christ. We can know and understand the strength of God. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread. They that were hungry ceased, so that they, the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. All is in the hands of the Lord is what she was saying there. Let's follow Him and let's be at one with Him. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory for the pillars of the earth of the Lord's. And He has set the world upon them. All His... Everything was made by Him. And everything is under control. He has it under control today. He will allow man to go and to do whatever he wants to do. But God will bring it all together. And His people then will be in eternity with Him. At that final day when Jesus Christ descends from heaven with a shout, and with the great triumph of God and the dead in Christ rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall rise with Him to ever be with Him. Jesus Christ is there today at the right hand of God the Father mediating for you and me. He is the pillar of the earth and the Lord, the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and He has set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of His saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength 
shall no man prevail, and nothing can we prevail righteously here upon the earth by our own way. But through Jesus Christ today, we can prevail over Satan. But by our own strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king, and shall exalt the horn of his anointed. And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house, and the child did minister in the Lord before Eli the priest. Left that child, just a young child there, with the priest in that day. Left him there and went back to his home. And then that young man, that young child there, ministered to the Lord before Eli. He was working there. And on and on and on. And go on. You, if, you haven't, if you don't know much about Samuel, read that. It tells a beautiful story of what took place and how he was a godly man and how he walked with God in his day and the things that took place in his day of what he did and how he was the one later on that anointed David king. Wonderful work here of how mothers have played a part and God's work all the way along here, friends. From the beginning of time, He created male and female. He created man, a husband, and a wife, and a mother. And that is the way it has been all the way along. And it is no different today. There is man and woman, husband and wife, father and mother. And there is no difference. His work has been laid out. And it has gone all the way through for since the beginning of time, thousands of years, that His work has been done. Satan is trying his best to destroy it. Satan is trying to get man to believe something different. But that female is the mother. And that is the only mother is a female. And the only father is the male. And this is God's Word and how He has used them as we have seen here and read about today. How He has used man and woman to bring forth His offspring here upon the earth to bring forth His Word all the way along and to keep His Word alive, to keep His Spirit alive here upon the earth. Man with His Spirit working with God here as we go. Let's read some over in the New Testament. Let's turn to Peter. Let's read a little bit. In First Peter, I know we've talked about these things before, but 
again, just bringing them to our attention more and more and more is good for us all. This is the third chapter, First Peter, talking about wives, mothers, husbands, all of these things tying together. But on this day, let's think about mothers and let's think about how we should live. And that is how and what we should put our faith and trust in. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may also without the word be won by the conversation of the wife, the mother, the wife living and setting forth the right and the proper example before others, even if she has an unbelieving husband there, that he may be won over by her conversation, by her life. And he says, who's adorning? Let it not be the outward adorning. Well, I skipped that second verse. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair, or wearing of gold, or putting on of apparel. Don't let that be what drives us today. Don't let that be what is so important to us that we've got to make that outside adorning of the body to where it brings attention to us. He's warning us of these things, and He's just telling mothers and fathers and, and wives but there has, seems like there's always been more of that type thing in that female gender. And that's why he's warning this thing here. He says, Who's adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting of the hair, or of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. Now listen. Don't be so concerned about that outward part. Yes, we ought to keep that outward part to where it looks nice. We ought to keep it clean. And we shouldn't go out looking shabby and these kind of things. But he says, here's what you really need to put your mind to. But let the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. I want you to listen to that carefully. And that's not just for women. That's for every one of us. Men, women, boys and girls, all. Young people, older people, whoever it might be, let's listen carefully to what he's saying. Let's don't try to emulate the world, but let's do everything that we can there to let that, let our life and the way we conduct ourselves emulate a godly person. Not going out here trying to make a show. Not going out here trying to make people think, well, look at that person. Look how simple that they are and all this stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this. Just as he says, let it be the hidden man in that heart. And that is a different lifestyle now. That, that righteous 
spirit in the heart will be a different lifestyle from what you were before. And it will carry you away from the things that he was talking about up there, adorning this body in all manner of fashions that we might bring attention to it. And that can be male, female, whatever it might be. But let the hidden man of the heart, let it be that hidden man of the heart. That is the most important thing that we can have. And that which is not corruptible. And what is not corruptible? The Spirit of God. Now let's let that be what is so bright and shining in our life. And that we have now changed our life. And it is a new lifestyle that we are, we are following. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. What did she talk about there a while ago? Not having an arrogant tone or an arrogant voice coming out of our, out of our mouth. That was what, that's what Hannah was praying about Two, several thousand years ago. And here, this servant here, Peter, just writing and telling the people there that let's don't be corruptible in our mind. And let's have an, a meek and a quiet spirit within us which is in the sight of God of great price. Well, what are we looking for today? Are we looking to have great admiration from God that this is a... You enter into My kingdom. Thou art My servant. Thou hast well done. Is that what we want to hear? Or do we want, when it comes up that time, do we want to say, look how I have adorned this body. Look what I have done to make it look like a worldly person. Look at my actions, the places that I have gone and done, that it makes me look like a worldly person instead of a child of God. For after this manner, in old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. And I believe that it those women that we've read about here today, I believe that that's what they were adorned with, with that meek and quiet spirit and just following whatever God was asking them to do in their day. Being in subjection to their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid of any amazement. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Listen carefully at that. Husbands and mothers and wives and fathers. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Now, what kind of knowledge is he talking about? He's talking about spiritual knowledge. Knowledge from God. Giving honor unto the wife. 
giving honor to the mother, the one that is, has brought your children here upon the earth, the one that is taking care of that child, nourishing it, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And the male should take the strong part of that marriage, that family. And he should support her, protect her, give her the things that he, she needs. But then he says there, and being heirs together of the grace of life. Heirs together, friends, husbands and wives, are you together spiritually? That's what he is telling them now. That is where that family unit all comes together unto the wife as the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life. Working together. Being at one with Jesus Christ. Husband and wife that your prayers be not hindered. I believe that Hannah and Elkanah was at one in God. And I believe they were living in this matter. And their prayers were not hindered then. And they brought forth Samuel. And Samuel went on to do a marvelous work here on the earth. But let's remember, finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courageous. Courteous. Not rendering evil for evil, railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing. Knowing that ye are therefore called that you should inherit a blessing. That you're called in the work of Jesus Christ to inherit a blessing there. The blessing of God the Father through Jesus Christ. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Be seeking after the peace of God and going after that with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. And that's what I'd be, I want to see and want to have today, that His blessings are over me. And He will be, and He can be over each and every one of us if we are righteous and walking in righteousness today. And His ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Now let's follow him. 
Let's walk with Him. Let's be at one with Him. Let's turn over and read just a few verses here in Timothy. 2 Timothy. Let's just start there at the first verse, 2 Timothy, first chapter. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers day and night, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Now here he was just writing this letter to this young man that he had mentored, this young man that I believe had started into the ministry. And Paul was just telling him, he says, now, my dearly beloved Son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus and Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is what I want to be bestowed upon each and every one that is here today and under the sound of my voice, that grace and mercy and peace from God the Father be upon you and each and every one of you can have that and it can be a part of your life today greatly desiring to see thee and mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, and here is this young man full of faith, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Now here again, he's talking about two mothers that have played a great part in this young man's life. I believe that they set forth the right and the proper example before them. And Paul, or Peter or Paul now just bringing these things to his attention. He says, I can remember and I can see that great faith that is in you. And he says it was first in your grandmother she had that first. And thy mother, Eunice, both of them had it. And that I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by pouring on of my hand, by putting on of my hands. He says, now I want to you to remember what you have received and what is within you. And I want you to stir that gift of God up in you and, and keep it vibrant. Don't let it grow stale, but keep it strong within you so that you might help others. You might preach and teach the Word and be encouraged. And that's what I want us all to do today, to be encouraged in His Word. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
And that's what God has given to each and every one of us today. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. Did these people that we have read about others today, did you see a spirit of fear? No, I saw a spirit of love and a spirit of power, of God's power working within them. And that's what can be in each and every one of us. That spirit of love. That spirit of charity that only comes when we get that new birth then we have that love that God has given to us that then we can love others. That spirit of love then, not of fear, but we can overcome Satan with that love, with that power of God. We can overcome him. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up thee the gift of God which is in thee by putting on thy hands, my hands, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace which was given us to Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought forth life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Paul or just bringing these things to this young man's attention. But just remember what he says, that bring these things, that we have this according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, not your works, not my works, but according to His own purpose and grace which was given to us in Jesus Christ before the world began, but is now made manifest in the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. And we can, that Spirit can be made manifest to whosoever desires it. If we will go to Him and repent of our sins, have faith and trust in Jesus Christ, repent of our sins, and be baptized for the remission of those sins, for them being taken away. And now it is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, abolished that eternal hell for the righteous, abolished that second death. It will have no power over the ones he's talking about, those that, has a, that Christ has appeared to and they have accepted Him and have brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Through the gospel of Jesus Christ, He hath brought these things and, and showed them to each and every one that will accept Him. 
There is one verse here, or maybe a couple I'm going to read here in Matthew. In the 15th chapter of Matthew. For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother. He that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. Honor thy father and mother. Now that was a, a commandment of God. That's a word of Jesus Christ. And he says, he goes on and he tells, there's all manner of things that men will try to say, well, I don't have to do that. And people do that and say these things today. I don't have to honor my mother. But she is your mother. If you're here upon the earth, you had a mother. Honor her. And if there's anything that you can do to help her, and if she is not, if she does not know Christ, help her. Help her to see. You don't have to honor bad works in her, but honor her. Show her the honor of being a mother. And do what you can to help. But those that are walking with the Lord, honor her. First of all, because she is your mother, and then honor her because of the Spirit of the Lord within her. Not giving her the honor that, but honor that Spirit of God in her. Coming from God in Jesus Christ our Lord. The way of man will lead us away, will seem right. But that is the way that will lead to destruction. But the way of God is the things that we have been reading about throughout His Word today. The Word of God. And it will lead to life everlasting. It will lead to eternal life with God the Father. Keep that in mind. And let's walk in accordance with Him. Let's hear His Word. And let's emulate His, His people. Not the people of the world. But let's say, I want to walk as He walked. That's what He has asked us to do. To walk as Jesus walked here upon the earth. And let it be that hidden man of the heart. That man Christ Jesus. That is what is shining in your life today. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 283. Softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling, number 283.
Shadows are gathering. Deathbeds are coming. For each and every one of us, those things are happening and they will happen. Come home. Come home. Ye who are weary, come home. He is tenderly calling today. Come home. Let us pray. To God the Father, we just thank You for all that You've done. We thank You for the many examples of godly living that You have had written here that we might be able to see and understand how Your works have been done and how they've been accomplished all the way along by people following You. Yes, there were some that made some real mistakes, but they turned to You. And God, we would ask You to be with each and every one today that is struggling spiritually, that they turn to You, that they come home. Your Son is there tenderly calling. Help us all to realize that and help us all to see our undone condition without Him and flee to You through Jesus Christ our Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.